Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Today I'm going to be talking about the inside scoop. It's the title of my message. Smile a little bit. It's a good day. We've been working on our resting faces around here. Some of us are still practicing. Shudi has the best resting face, so copy her. Psalms 96, it says in verse 4, The Lord's greatness is beyond description, and He deserves all the praise that comes to Him. It's what we were trying to do here. I don't know what y'all were doing, but that's what we were trying for. He is our King God, and it's right to be in holy awe of Him because all other gods are worthless. Absolutely worthless. For the Lord God is creator God, who spread the splendor in the skies, breathtaking brilliance and awe-inspiring majesty radiate from his shining presence. His stunning beauty overwhelms all who come before him. So surrender to Lord Yahweh. Surrender to Him, all you nations and peoples. Surrender to Him, all your pride and strength. Let's just do that. Can we? Papa, I just surrender to You. Everything that concerns me, everything about me, everything that I'm thinking about right now, I just surrender to You. I surrender to You my will and my way. I just surrender to You right now. I felt like they were seeing that today. It's a good precursor to what I want to talk about today. I am, we've been on a series called Stewarding His Abundance, Stewarding Abundance. The, the, the thing that transformed me in my life, you know, I've served the Lord all my life, and I think I feel like I've been to church more than anybody I know. But church wasn't what I was looking for. It was His presence. And He called me to make a place for His presence for just one, for just one person. That's what He told me. If I would make a place for His presence, that I would make sure that His presence was what I was seeking after, that He would transform my life. And... He never quits inviting us to exchange all of the ways that we've known. Listen, you've known a lot of hurtful ways. You've known a lot of hurtful people. I don't know if there's more hurtful people in church than in the world, but our mindsets about church was that hurtful people wouldn't be there, and they were. And it turned a lot of us off of church, but when it turns us off of God, we have a problem. And so God decides, and let me say it another way. He created humanity to display Him in all of His forms. But when I don't know Him, I display me. I can call it God. I can call my people-pleasing love, but it's not. And so all the ways that 
we get injured in life, we alter our life to make sure or try to protect ourselves from those things not happening. And it's not really his way. It wasn't him. Let me just help you today. Your hurts and injuries were not God. God's incapable of harming humanity. That's why you've got to memorize that scripture. He so loved. He so loved me. And his promise to us isn't to make life perfect, but to be the perfect redeemer of all that happens to us. And see, there'll be a day where I'll have enough history with God. Where do you get history with God? In the private place, in the secret place. I'll have enough history with Him where I've gone to Him. If I don't know how to go to Him when I'm in turmoil, I'll never go to Him when I'm on the mountain. And His invitation is always to come and walk with Him, follow Him because He's a good, good Father. It's not just a cliche word. He has no ability to not be good to you. In fact, I had, I, when I woke up this morning, I had this awesome scripture. Let me see if I can, I think I wrote it down. This is it, James 1. Every gift God freely gives is good and perfect. So that means anything bad, it's not from God. You can just be black and white about it. I don't really like to be black and white. I'm a little, but let's just be black and white for a minute. Anything bad that happens is not him. It might, you can plug it on a bunch of different things, but at the end of the day, there's an enemy to God. And it's his name. He was an archangel that was the worship leader of heaven named Lucifer. And it says that he, his entire being was made up of, of jewels and instruments. And he became jealous of humanity's ability to have relationship with the Father different than him. I have a lot of things I could say about that, but just for today. So he laid down his archangelness to try to attract the praise And he was able to, think of it, he was able to swindle a third of the heavenly host. I think the heavenly host is innumerable, but at that time, to follow him. And so he he himself, his own pride, banished him from the throne. Because what's going on in the throne? No pride. (laughs) No pride. So now, think of it, we become the worshipers. And in fact, the Bible says, if you won't praise him, rocks will. You know, I made a vow when I was a little girl. I remember I heard that story when I was a little girl, probably seven or eight. And I remember I coined this phrase when I was little. That was in the 1800s. Think of how long ago that was. I won't let a rock praise in my place. So if your praise is missing, just go find the rock that you gave your praise to and get it back. Because in worship and praise, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, in that opportunity, that, that invitation from God, I'm, I'm remade. I am only remade in his presence. 
I'm not remade by Bible reading, although it becomes part of my relationship with him. I'm not remade by even by what I pray, because probably if I'm not in relationship with him, I'm praying from the seat of prayer anyway. I mean, fear anyway. But it's in his presence. I am completely made new. And listen, there is a move of God right now on the earth where he is pouring out his presence. He's pouring out his spirit and it alters how we worship. I've gone through all the seasons over the last 60 years of worship styles. It's not about a style. It's about a sound. And so it says every gift. Do you have any gifts? You may not even know you have some, but you do. Are you breathing? It's a gift. Just focus on that one. Comes from God. It's good and perfect. I've, I've, I've said it many times that we're in an epidemic of, of anxiety, really. And what's, what does anxiety steal? It steals your breath. That ruach of God. That's what it steals. Your ability to put him in his proper place has come to rob you. And I love this. It's streaming down, it says, from the Father of lights. So it tells us he's all light. Right? Remember, darkness is just the absence. It's not a, a power. It's the absence of light. Just like Cece's dream when she spoke, the mountain of, she said it was like a huge volcano was coming towards them, was dissipated in a second. That's the power of what we say. It says, it streams down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow. What does that mean? That means he's unchangeable. He's always light. He's always trying to shine light on your situation. And he's never, that's what it says, he's never subject to change. He was delighted. God was delighted. Say that to your neighbor. God was delighted. To give us birth by the truth of his infallible word. So that we would fulfill his chosen destiny. You know, the abundance is needed for your destiny. How many believe they have a destiny? Look at that. Almost 100% participation. How many of us, you don't have to raise your hand anymore, unless, I, unless we wanted to practice that again. That was so good. Yeah. Know that it was designed by God. Yeah. It wasn't designed by me. And my entire life is spent knowing that destiny. And listen, let me help you today. You have an enemy to that destiny. Lucifer, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call it. It's just the enemy of God. And anything that concerns God, he's an enemy of it. And so what? how the enemy hoodwinks us is he persuades us that God's destiny is too hard to find. He does. He persuades us that way. And so what he does is he brings about disappointments. What is a disappointment? It's a place you weren't appointed by God to be. A relationship, a job, a church. And so it dissed you. It hated on you. And are you stuck there today? 
That's really the only question because the destiny never quits calling. You know, I've seen it a lot in my life and I've had a lot of relatives that have done this. And I remember the day when it was set before me where what I thought my destiny was going to be and my heart was just pure towards it. Somebody came along and said, you can't have that like that. And see, right there, we've all had that. I propose you're going to have three big events like that in your life. Not prophesying it or anything, but what happens is when we're not raised to know our destiny, which, you know, obviously Breezy's decided that her boys are not going to have those three events because she's going to raise them in the ways of God. But when we aren't raised in the ways of God, we've created momentum by our choices. Our choices become a God, and we, we pay homage to them. We pay money to them, rent to them. We make a lot of choices. We, we create, I love to talk about this at the holiday times because we create traditions and ways, and we can't even remember where they were created. And we never check with God to say, is this of you? And I want to talk today about this amazing scripture. It's on your handout again. There are handouts over there for what I'm talking about today. If you need it in that kind of form, paper form. But it's in Matthew 13. Let's read it, okay? Are you good? Happy? Beautiful. In Matthew 13, um, it's a it's a chapter about a lot of parables. What's a parable? We're going to learn a little bit more about it today. He starts out telling a parable, but I want to jump down to verse 10. It says, the disciples approached Jesus and said, I've been talking about this a lot lately. Why do you speak to the people in these hard to understand parables? And so this is what he said. You've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. Who were they? Those sad people. Right? The people who were not his disciples. Are you a disciple of God? Are you a disciple of God? Are you a Christ follower? Have you accepted Jesus? Do you live a lifestyle of repentance? Did you know that you can say today, I am going to be a Christian, and you can be in name only. But remember who God was talking about are those who followed him and did the works of the Father. That's all you have to, that's the only distinguisher you need. Are you doing the works of the Father or are you doing your works? Both bear fruit. And you can do your works for a while and they will bear a form of fruit. But there'll be a day when you taste of it and you realize it's been rotten a long time. That's a good day. That's a God encounter. That's a God encounter. That's the day where you're like, whoa. Listen, being in church every day of my life, I learned to work for God, but I didn't learn to work with Him. 
And I wanted him to bless and reward how hard I worked for him. I even wanted him to reward me for how faithful I was. And I realized I was faithful to something besides being relational with him. That's when I changed. And it was a war. I writhed around like bro did on my bed. Because I realized I was having to give up everything that I knew and that I believed to be relational. And it grieved me I hadn't been relational the whole time. Have you been there yet? See, because then I see all of life's disappointments different. How am I able to stand here and say, those were not your appointments? Because I've been there. And he said, in, in, the, in the Passion, I love this, the way he describes this. Let's look at it a little more in depth. He says that what Jesus was saying, that there are secrets and mysteries of, of a heavenly perspective that have to do with the nature and ways of God. So I want to blow this up for you a little bit today. Just act like we've got a little microscope and we're looking at the nature and ways of God because we are not uneducated anymore. I mean, if you've been coming here five minutes, you realize how much of his presence and how many encounters you've had. You've had a lot of encounters with fear and disappointment, offense, hurt, jealousy, right? That's, that's the way of the immature. Listen, his love is is pushing in to mature you. And as I have these encounters with him, and as I seek him in private, I develop this history with him. And when I develop a history with God, then I then realize my gifts were given to me by him, but now I give them back to him to be used with him. Listen, here's the crazy thing about all these awesome gifts of God. You can use them for yourself. Prophetic people turn into psychics. Apostolic people turn into CEOs that are multi-billion dollar companies and they're trying to find something to do with their money. They're not kingdom, so they're not advancing the kingdom. And so they're left with all this sum of money they don't know what to do with. So it's weird, isn't it, if you know anything about They all get together and they... Try to solve some problem that's God. Because they have so much extra. See, that's what I'm saying is that your gifts, God says they're irrevocable. He's not going to take them away. You came deposited with them. It all depends on if you let him make them shiny. And what does he say refines them? Iron. Get up against somebody That's some iron to you. Someone that's irritant to you. You know what we do? You know what we do. Don't you know what you do? Come on, you do it. 
Let's all join together with the pretty people. Just all the people that think like me, feel like me. You know, I'm, Cece and I, we collaborate a lot and we're opposites. She's extremely introverted. That means that her processing is all internal in her head. And I'm not. I'm an outside processor. And so I say everything I'm thinking. And 90% of it has no meaning. <laughs> I'm releasing to you this 10% today that I had 90% of it. It's a big ball of nothingness. See, if I make decisions out of that process, it's no different for her, introverts. If you're internally processing and you have no feedback, you're making poor decisions. Because the only person you're checking in on is you. And you ain't right. And don't compare yourself to an extrovert because you'll feel real right. the doorway of pride because God's gifts are meant to be woven together in a family of God that understands your destiny breathes on your destiny corrects your destiny to think it makes no sense to me to think we would have these amazing gifts of God and think we just know how to use them. That doesn't make sense to me. So what is the purpose of all of it is for me to do the works of the Father. What are the works of the Father? Jesus demonstrated some. Heal a bunch of stuff. Heal every single thing that's not of God. And we have to measure ourselves by how good I am I at the assignment. I don't get to change the assignment. If we would just stop changing the assignment and figure out how to do the assignment better, then what would the Father look like to humanity? Humanity displayed the Father erroneously and it caused people to not want the thing that desperately they have to have to live. You have to have God to live. You can't breathe without Him. You have to have Him. You have to have a family that's prophetic. You have to have it. You're not smart enough to do this life. You can try it, and I know you have, and I'll help you clean up your mess, and you'll call me next year, and we'll do the same holiday mess all over again. But listen, you could change it this year. Will it be messy when you change it? Absolutely, but it's already messy. Because the Father's heart is for you to live in peace. Get out of control and move into peace. The Father's heart is for you to live Psalms 23 at rest. You know whether you're at rest or not. It doesn't even take a profit. And so 
This is what Brian Simmons said. I wanted to read it to you. He said, Jesus can only be fully understood by the Spirit. Do you want that? Yeah. See, I have a deep, get my water. I have a deep, deep, deep desire. Thank you. I have a deep desire to think like Jesus. And so I have to ask the Holy Spirit when I'm not. You know, I had a friend once that said, I'd rather apologize and ask for permission. So she didn't ask first, ever. See, if I would learn to go to the Holy Spirit and ask Him, then he would, he would open up this realm. Listen, it's a real realm. I've lived without it, and I've lived in it. And trust me, it's way better in it. But I have to, continue, to, to, to continually stay in it. I have to ask. I have to ask. I have to ask. Or you know what's going to happen? is I'm going to live my life as a professional apologizer and a redoer of all things. We just choose. We get to choose whether we want to do that or not. And he said that the things of God are not through intellect. Now, some of us ain't very smart, so we're glad about that. But you know the stuff that we think we know? Everybody in the room thinks they know a couple things. Maybe three. I don't know. We're pretty hard-nosed about what we think we know. Have you ever talked with a right fighter? They know so much. So much knowledge. So much knowledge. They love to debate with this knowledge. And he's trying to describe this. I've got an inside scoop that all of that knowledge you think you know, you won't even see it because you're hanging on to your knowledge. For me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I got to let that go. Oof, I got to let that go. He says, Jesus taught his disciples by using this cryptic language of parables. Listen, it's the same language you need to interpret dreams. I think Cece's had, she had, Five dreams in the last two days. One of them involved a beaver eating a tarantula. And so when, anybody weird dreamers? Anybody? Yeah. When you don't know the cryptic language of the spirit, then you'll assign that dream to pizza. But it actually ended up being a revelatory dream for her. But it wasn't seen at first. We had to ask. I can't even search it out enough. I'll go on years of rabbit trails over a beaver eating, a beaver that eats tarantulas. Right? And see... I promise you, 
this language of heaven is open to all humanity. Listen, you don't have to do anything with it. You can ignore it the rest of your life. And God will be giving you direction after direction after direction, and you will discount it, discount it, discount it. You'll make choices and set your life up for a disappointment, and you'll say, where was God? And he says, I've, I've given this. This is one of my abundance. The inside scoop is an abundance of the king. He says it's beyond your intellectual abilities to understand. That you have to engage the spirit. This is just about parables. This is this mystery into hidden insights. And this is what else he said. If the, if the listener had a hunger to learn with an open, teachable heart, then Jesus' words are life and understanding. Let's, th- let's talk about your heart. It says in, the, in Proverbs, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we all believe, I'm sure by now, that everything I've gotten in life is something I said. Okay, I can tell you I don't believe that, but that's okay. It's still true. Everything you've gotten in life has come from something you said. Really, if you just just trace it back. So, what makes my heart closed? What makes your heart closed? It's not a hard question. Pride, fear, offense. Disappointment, another disappointment. None of that's from God. Is pride from God? Oh, good. See, we're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. Is offense from God? So let's say it again. What causes our heart to be closed off? Things that are not from God. How many know they've had, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many know you've had a closed heart? Just think for a minute about the decisions you made with that closed heart. Wow, they're just way different. Aren't they? And it's weird because we thought that would protect us. Didn't we? I mean, come on, use your brain a little. And so he's saying, look, whatever happened to you? That's why we came up with, we do, we do a combination of prophetic sozo inner healing here. Couldn't all be a sozo because we had to have some prophetic in there. Because why? You can't see it. You covered it all up with a bunch of decisions. Later, just think about if I had something here and I just piled a bunch of piles on top of it. You can't even see the root thing. The beauty about inner healing, it's all about four roots. Don't have time to go over that today. But thats it's not a bunch of different things. And every root makes a tree. That's what injury does. It just builds this tree of leaves and limbs. And you don't even know when that started or how far off you are from center. True north. 
And see, the more decisions I make and the older I get, I get when I bury all of my injuries under this cloak, it closes off my heart. Now, how do you have a teachable heart? Just say you don't know nothing. And even what you do know, see if it can be tweaked, right? I tweaked Aubrey a little bit this week. She literally said this statement to me. I can't see. I've never felt this way before, but I can't see what you're saying. I said, you always feel that way. Because we can't when someone first, it's true, right? Because we're right. I made all these decisions for the right reason. It's true. And so that's what he said. If you just had an open heart, and if you just had a teachable heart, the mysteries of God are normal. They're only mysteries when your heart is closed, and we've all had it. Listen, it's not special. I can get you a certificate if you need, but it's not, it's not everyone's been hurt. It's just who gets stuck there. Listen, right now, there's someone aching for your gift to be displayed before them. Later today, tomorrow at work. So you decide, am I going to live in disappointment? I'm going to live in the appointment that wasn't ever him. Or today, am I going to leave here changed? Am I going to leave here and say, I'm not going to live on yesterday's pain? I'm going to change some stuff in my life that rearranges it around peace, that rearranges it around rest, that rearranges it around his presence and his voice, all those abundances that will fill me. It's what he says. He wants to fill you with everything that fills him. We've already made a standard today. There's no bad in God. So he's just trying to fill you with goodness. The enemy's right there beside it. Listen, I've done hundreds, if not thousands, of Sozo's inner healing. Nobody's story is new. Because humanity just repeats itself. But those, I like, there's just a few people. When I first met them, Lynn was one of them. She said, if you'll correct me, this will be my response. Thank you. I'll correct that. And that's it's true about her. We might, you know, every now and then we have a little choleric sharpening. But that is true about her. She always says, thank you for telling me. I can't see how to correct it, but will you tell me? Because why? God's called her to be a prophetic voice in this generation. She can't trust herself. She knows how valuable that gift is. And see, that openness of her heart makes sure there's no stacker effect. Makes sure it's completely clean. Listen, she's got a horrific story. Every bad movie is her story. Abandonment, abuse, even a trip to... Iceland in a FedEx box. That's when she was tripping. (laughs) Drug use. 
jail time, on and on and on. But she is a completely transformed human. But she didn't get there by me saying, I'm so sorry. She had to forgive God. Where were you, God? So see that open, teachable heart continues every day, all day. The moment you close yourself off, you're open to the enemy's attack. You're open to making decisions and setting up treaties. Listen, I when I was studying, I the the Holy Spirit dropped this verse into my spirit. And it's this verse, 2 Chronicles 16. It's not in the Passion, so I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the entire earth so that he may support those whose heart is completely his. This story is about a king named Asa. And Asa, when he first became king, he ruled rightly. One of the things that God hates more than anything else is when we dualistically try to serve two gods. Whatever idol you have, whatever thing you've stuck up, it could be a hurt or pain and it could be justified in your mind. It always is. We don't make a God out of something that's unjustified. But see, the, the Old Testament is a metaphor for us today. And so it demonstrated that he knew what to do. And so he tore down some idols, all the idols. And he said no to all those things. And God loved it. And God began to bless him. And then this thing happened to Asa. He realized there was another group of people that was going to bring war against him. And God had done all these amazing things for him. Isn't it just like the children of Israel? God fed them donuts every day, Krispy Kreme donuts every morning, delivered to the doorstep, and it was nourishment. Manna. Delicious. And they wanted quail. Anyway, this is another story. So he decided he would take some of the valuables from the temple and he would make a treaty with this other king to come against this other king on his behalf. And so he stole from God and he used the stolen goods to make a treaty with a guy that couldn't protect him. And when the prophet came to King Asa, he said this, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro over the entire earth so that he may show support for whose heart is completely his, but you have acted foolishly. Therefore, now you'll have wars. This is a metaphor for us, if you can hear it today. The eyes of the Lord are still running around. Wanting to act on your behalf when you serve Him and Him alone. But when I don't, 
When I make a treaty, it's called people-pleasing if you don't know. When I make a treaty with another person, I've acted foolishly. I've placed their ability to protect me, defend me, do right by me in place of God. And it creates a war for me that God never made. And see, that's the language of the parable is the inside scoop. It's the inside scoop to everything that concerns you. It's only a mystery to the hardened, unteachable heart. But to the open, teachable heart, it's, it's life and it's direction and it's something that I figured out I have to obey. Because the moment I don't obey it, I've just established something else as Lord. And we've all done it. And when he will not change his mind and let you keep little G's, little gods, little idols. Little things you worship. Little things that you deem more important than Him. And the way that we understand... The thing of it is, in the Old Testament, Asa just died. But see, we live in the age of grace. And you have to have discernment of spirits to know whether or not you're really spiritually dying or not. It's a metaphor. In, in the age of grace... I do all kinds of stuff. I'm not struck down. But I've invited war. And how many know that when I'm in war, day after day after day, I get tired? When I get tired, I let down my guard. When I let down my guard, I invite all manner of what the enemy has. What does the enemy have in his bucket of goodies? Sickness, death, destruction. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. He'll steal things. He'll inflict things. And then we're using our faith just for ourselves. And all my faith is just to try to help me stay above this part right here. And he meant you to walk on water. All my faith is used just for my personal problems. When he said, I'll take care, I'll Matthew 6, 33 you, and I will do something else with your life. I'll use these gifts and these promises and these ways of me, and you will go out and you will transform society. Why get stuck in a disappointment? I would be thanking him. Thank you. That group of people, thank you, that church. I've been to them. Thank you. I'm not doing that anymore because they weren't surrounded by your presence. They, it wasn't the center of where they moved and breathed. It wasn't it. I could tell it when it wasn't it. First John 3 says, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He lavished on you. That He called you to be His very own children. Listen, He is not some distant deity in the sky. He's a relational Father. And if you try to compare your earthly Father to a heavenly Father, you're going to get messed up. 
The reason why this is a fatherless generation is because we established people in God's place. There ain't a man alive that thinks he can father well. I haven't met a man that was fathered well. So what makes us think they're going to father well? See, I have got to learn to live and move and have my being in Him. In God's eyes, His anointing doesn't fall on gender. His anointing falls on calling. Calls on your assignment. Falls on your assignment. Calls and falls. Still in First John. The reason the world doesn't recognize you. Quit trying to make the world recognize you. Validate you. Stop it. They can't. They're serving in little G. So their advice to you is going to be little G advice. The reason. He's telling us right here. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. We are, say we are, God's children right now. If you've accepted Jesus, this is you. This is your new identity. Stamp it all over you if you need it. It says, this is who we are right now. But yet, listen, I love this. It's not apparent who we're going to become. That tells me the walk with the Holy Spirit is unto something. You're becoming something. Don't get stuck where the enemy made you dash your foot on the stone. Don't get stuck where it was a disappointment. Don't get stuck on an old relationship. Don't get stuck on an old church. This is your time. Say what I said a few weeks ago. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word, whatever. Because it's not apparent to you what you're trying to become. You're blind to it. Trust me, I've done this for a long time. Nothing right now is what I thought it was going to be in my 20s. I had big plans in my 20s. This is better. Listen, I went to work at churches that were big. 8,000, 10,000 people. This is better. It's not about quantity. Listen, that's why God wouldn't let David number the troops or the dogs or the horses. That's why God wouldn't let David number the troops because God wants to show up in his power, not in yours. And so you're going to have that opportunity to let him show up in something you can't change. How many of us have spent time trying to change something and never changed? I mean... Quit trying to change your family members. Let God change them. Quit trying to get that word in there and that thing in there and that twist in there and that little uh, 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 uh. Stop. Let God do it. He, he just, we just read his eyes are running to and fro to see who he can show himself strong to, whose heart is faithful to him. If their hearts are not faithful to him, let him show them. If you step in and become the faithful one, they'll never know. Uh, Y'all just keep doing it. 
We are not aware of what we're going to come. It's not apparent. But we know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. What it says is that it has not been revealed until now what we are destined to be. It says we are becoming something that he's revealing. So what is he revealing? Him. That's why salvation is a process. It just keeps going on and on and on. You know, the Lord's been speaking to us about the word of the year for 2024. And it's just, it's, I'm realizing we are moving into this closure of this year. And if you just look back, you know, every day, every year we do a visual year in review. So we're working on that right now. Remember last year? How Tessa drew all the little pictures ahead. We're coming to an end of something that was preparation for what I already see he's speaking in 2024. Because see, I always have to finish out this battle and celebrate, but then I move into the next one. And see, if I learn to war the way he wants me to war, I war from rest. Thought you'd be more excited about that. (laughs) It says it hasn't been made clear, but it does mean we're supposed to shine. How does God shine you? He refines you. Oh, let's make a shirt out of that. How does God shine you? He refines you. How does he refine you? You got to be close enough to people to get some rubbing. Listen, we all act like we can get rubbing hiding out. <laughs> Listen, there's prophetic people in here. You know, I have a bunch of little prophetic people in RC. So one of the little boys came up to me the other day, and he's very prophetic. He always just makes these random statements that he doesn't know about. And I went home and I said, Lynn, I said, he is so prophetic. This is what he told me. But I don't think his parents are aware. That he's that prophetic. Because why? That has not been made apparent yet. Hasn't been revealed yet. See, God doesn't reveal things to us until we're ready to steward them. Because then he makes us responsible for the ability to steward it. Because with what he gives us and equips us, he gives us the knowledge and understanding how to steward it. Have you ever... Let me give you an example. Have you ever known you need to uh, develop a discipline of some sort? You know, if you've ever been in the religious spirit, discipline was how I had relationship. But when I get delivered from the religious spirit, I realize an attribute of my relationship is to learn more about God. So if I'm reading the Bible to keep me saved, it's backwards. But then when God reveals to me, I need this discipline. I need a consistency. Let me just say it another way. You need a consistency because a war's coming, and if you're not consistent, your weapon's not going to be sharp. Come on. Is that a better way to say it? So then whenever the, whenever the war comes, your blade's going to be so dull, and you're going to be whacking away for years at the same thing when all you had to do is have a discipline of the Word. But if I'm in the Word to, to get love, it's backwards. See, everything the religious spirit did was a counterfeit. 
It's just, it doesn't mean none of it was real. So he said we're going to be shiny. This is what Daniel says, Daniel 12. Those who are spiritually wise will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Another metaphor. Are the, shi- are the stars shiny? Yes. What keeps me from seeing their shininess? Daylight. Right? Cloud cover. So if bro and I are hanging out, we're both super shiny. Right? I can't really see his shininess. Because we're just both shiny. So our outflow looks different. Our communication, our conversation looks different because we're both shiny. Now, if he was in darkness and my shininess came up, he would be like, oh, man, that shininess is kind of offensive to me. Our conversation would be different. So can you see, can you translate this to say, okay, see, my assignment has to do with me giving my gifts to him, he making them shiny, and then I lead people to righteousness. And then my shininess is eternal. Oh, Moose, the only one who gets it. Okay, y'all go figure that out yourself. So back to just two more points before CC comes. If part of the mystery, part of the inside scoop is about understanding two things, the nature and ways of God. What is nature? I wrote down some definitions for you. It's your character. The way you behave. Let's throw in there when no one's watching. So God, when no one was watching. See, God can't work against himself. Everything God does is to protect love. Now, we have this weird definition of love. So we try to be God. And we try to do a bunch of stuff to protect what we have determined to be love. But see, God's love is perfect. Ours is not. That's why we have to ask. So God behaves as love. Have you tasted of this love yet? Do you know when you're acting outside of this love? We do. We're smart people, right? And see, when I realize the mysteries of God are found in his nature, they're found in the place where I experience his love and I distribute his love. I discover his nature, what he would do, how he would act, the choices he would make. It transforms my choices. See, back in the old days, in the 1800s, we, we just tried to keep ourselves saved. And we did that by every time there was a church outing. We didn't do this at home. We just did it at the outing because people were there. And we wanted them to know we were sincere. 
we would come, Jack Boone knows what I'm talking about, we would come to the altar and we would get saved every week. Right? What was wrong with that plan? It was event-based. It was based on whether or not I felt a bunch of conviction by the screaming preacher. It's, I'm just telling you, some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about, but I was raising it. And so I transferred that into my walk. That's how I learned to keep myself by doing works. When I discovered grace, it's just like everything else. It flipped my entire world. Everything went like this. Because I'm swimming in it. But I, it's the power. So in other words, when I step into something and I'm partnering with him and I'm asking him the power to do what he says comes from grace. And so then I do things that are transformative instead of just self-protection. That's why self-protection and grace look weird together. You're already protected. See, this love I'm talking about, it's unchangeable, and it doesn't matter if it's reciprocated. Most of us, come on, be honest, most of us are looking for God's love in human form. When I put him in the right place, it gets humans in the right place. That's why when someone's tasted of the love of God and they see that you haven't, their, their description of what you're doing describes how you haven't tasted of the love. Right? And so they're doing all this song and dance, right? And you're like, hey, there's something else. You're acting like an orphan. Talking like an orphan, making decisions like an orphan, set up your finances like an orphan, set up your life like an orphan, set up your relationships like an orphan, and the freezer is full of pop. Some of y'all know that. Now, what are his ways? It's his nature in action. Thank Cece for that line. Let's thank Cece for that line. (laughs) Golf clap. It's his nature in action. What's your nature in action? When everything is golden and good and beautiful and I'm feeling good, I'm feeling special, I'm feeling loved, I'm feeling on it, I'm feeling on it, I'm right? Has anybody ever felt on it? You know what I'm talking about? Right? Remember in Spider-Man when he got that new look and he was walking down, he thought he was on it. then it's easy to see the right actions. But see, here's the thing. If I do not know His ways in nature, there's going to come a day where there's a decision in front of me I won't know what to make. I will have to know how to find His nature if I want to be obedient. See, everybody doesn't want to be obedient. I do. I'm super obedient. 
I'm super obedient. I want to be obedient. I seek to be obedient. I find out ways he's thinking. Remember our preset message? There's a difference between what he said and what he's saying. See, he's refining things in us that before we just let go. Like we didn't even know. We didn't even care. We didn't know anything about, but no, he's not. His spirit is a libation. And since his spirit is being poured out, what we do with his spirit is way more important. And so my... My The desire of God is that I learn and I am trained to make my nature and my ways look like Him. And see, I came into this world with an Adam nature. It's carnal. It's selfish. Ooh, don't you hate it when you're selfish? Does anybody hate it? I hate it when I'm selfish. Don't you hate it when you're selfish and you know you're being selfish and you just go ahead and be selfish? Anybody know of that? And you're like, you're like trying to get someone else to like coddle your selfishness. Men, I mean, sorry. And it, some of us just do that, right? I'm just being silly. But listen, it makes us look like wimps. It makes us look, because the power of God resides in us. And we're choosing to live selfish. We're choosing to live self-centered. With our, we're actually protecting something that God is actually wanting to heal. And see, when I let Him come in and just show me, I'm not quite as horrible as I thought I was. I mean, most of the time, I think people just think that they're, you know, Phil and I learned it, a sinner. Saved by grace. I hate that line. I'm a priest. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a priest. I'm a king. I'm a daughter of the creator of everything. Sinner is not my nature. When I've been redeemed... Christ is my nature. Jesus is my new, I'm a new creature. Old things passed away. We go dig them up every week and say, does anybody recognize, do I need to wear this today? No, don't wear that today. I've been made new. I've been made, and now I need my mind to line up with my new nature. My mind is so good about remembering things from back here. And the enemy partners with that. You think those horrible thoughts about yourself. Think those lazy thoughts about yourself. Think those things about time. I preached about time last week. Time is in abundance. It's setting before us. For us to transform something with it. Come on, it's time for us to get a hold of our new nature and begin to realize that these spiritual mysteries are waiting for you to discover them. And when you discover them, you do something with them. You know, Cece's about to get up here and talk, but she's discovered that that old nature wasn't her destiny. And she, I promise you, she doesn't feel 100% all the time, but she is realizing her life is unto a different purpose. We're never too old to change. Come on, Cece. I get for you.
so good. Intimate insights into heavenly mysteries. Did you guys catch the coolest part? You are also one of heaven's mysteries. You are a mystery that is unfolding. You know, we have a song that we wrote that said, says, um, some may call me a mystery, but you made a miracle out of me. Yeah. I love that line. I love that line because you are, you are a mystery in the process of becoming a miracle. It's unfolding. You are unfolding as a miracle of God in your present day life. Even though you may not think you're a miracle, you may not feel like a miracle, you are a miracle. And it's um, because of Christ embedded within us, as she read, there's so many scriptures we could read, but um, it's because he is constantly unfolding within you every time you walk with him. And so I had this dream, um, <clears throat> not last night, but the night before, that I realized went along with what Tisa talked about today. I had a couple of dreams, but several dreams. But in this dream, there was an older couple, and they were being very critical and grumpy and unhappy. And this younger boy was experiencing all this criticism. And I kind of had this, this line I told them that was like this wisdom line, right? I said, they criticize because they've been doing the same routine with their life for years and years and years on end. And because of that, they think that they're right. And so they think everybody else is wrong. And so they criticize. And the emphasis in the dream of that, that line was that it was their repetition year after year after year after year after year of doing this one routine that they had established out of their own way, that it indoctrinated them into thinking it was the way, that it was the standard. So at one point in time, it was just a choice. You know, years ago for them, it was just a choice. Like, well, I don't know if I'm right, and I don't think I'm better than anybody, but I'm going to choose to operate this way. But they then they just did that year after year after year after year to the point that they thought that was right. That was the standard. And in, key, in keeping with what Tisa was talking about when she mentioned, you know, God's nature and God's ways, I realized that by design, as human beings, Every little choice we make is unto something. We are either reinforcing that Adam nature with our choice, or we're beginning, we're transforming into God's nature. That's there's so many verses that back this up, and she she read several of them. But Christ within us is being unfolded. Okay. And so we unfold into his nature by doing his ways. That's what that dream just made it really clear for me. So people who are just operating out of their own way, they're building something too. They are reinforcing and indoctrinating their own nature with their choices on a daily basis. But what we're called to do is to walk with him every day. If we choose to follow his instructions and his leading on a day-to-day -day basis in the little things that seem small and insignificant, then we are actually developing his nature with each one of those choices. So our ways create our nature. And since we are destined to become like him, that is the miracle. Like Tisa said, my nature, if you'd have met me several years ago, about 10 years ago, I would have said my nature was I'm, I'm filled with anxiety. I have panic attacks, been diagnosed with PTSD, just generalized anxi anxiety disorder, depression, all the stuff on several medications. I was totally racked with fear. I was in 
in striving. That was my nature. I was struggling in every capacity to hang on to my sanity and to find any measure of peace in life. That was my nature. But I I met some people that said, hey, if you want a different outcome, then try making some different choices on a daily basis. And that's all I knew to do. And that's all I had to know to do. So I started changing my ways on a daily basis, on the little things, and my nature began to change. So now I would say my nature is that I'm, I live in a place of peace. When I have anxiety, it's weird now. It's, it's the abnormal thing where it used to be flipped. Like a, a tiny moment of peace used to be a breakthrough for me in the past. Now it's just my normal. I'm filled with joy. I laugh all the time. I have a a family of people around me who are a spiritual family that support me and love me and help me to feel free and safe. I have a purpose. I have a destiny I'm pursuing. I have tons of excitement. I have tons of passion. And I'm filled with hope. That's my nature now. That's my nature. I remember the exact moment when it occurred to me. I was on a walk with Tisa. I'm like, wow, I I think I'm really a hopeful person. I was shocked. I was shocked. I was like, I think I'm in my core. I have an extreme level of hope. But I was raised like to have the hope taught out of me. I literally was told, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. So it was shocking to me. But now that's my normal. Now I get up here and I say crazy hopeful things. Crazy hopeful things, you know. And now I proclaim things and I pray things and that's my nature. And so, and of course, I'm still in process, like she said, so there are moments, but my nature was changed by choosing to do things a different way. And so this concept of his ways and his nature, it means the intimate insights into the mysteries. The mysteries start in the small things, in the small ways. And so after my dream, I was writing a little bit about it, and I realized that, you know, there's so many, especially Christians, that think that they can just pick a doctrine, they can pick a theology, they can pick a philosophy on life and label themselves with it, and they think that is their nature. If you ask them, who are you, they would say, well, I'm a, I don't know, a Baptist, or I'm a this, or I'm a that, you know, whatever the labels are, I don't even know all the denominations, but they put these labels on them, they would call that their nature, that's who they are, but that's not. It's what what we just talked about is, do you have peace? Do you have joy? Do you have hope? Are you filled with anxiety? Because a lot of those same people are filled with all the stuff I just said I've been redeemed from. And so you can't just pick a label to put on your life and still do life your own way and think that it's going to change your nature. It actually works against it. There's just a simple law of sowing and reaping. And just like if you plant an apple seed and it's going to grow an apple tree. It's not going to grow a coconut tree. Okay. It's, that's just not going to happen. And so our daily choices are very, very important. And the joy of walking with him in the mysteries that Psalm 1611, which is our focus for November is so perfect for that because it says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence. That's the translation I memorized was granting me the joy of your presence. You will show me the way of life. You will show me the way of life. That means today. In a few hours, he's going to show me the way, how to do my life today. He's going to show me how to do my life tomorrow. 
and I'll have joy in his presence and the mysteries won't be scary anymore. They'll be exciting. They'll be like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. Why you're wanting me to do this right now? I don't know why you're asking me to do this one thing, but I'm excited about it because my hope is in you and your hope has been proven out to me. He proves himself to you. He starts changing your personal experience with him just by taking those little steps with him. So I just want to encourage you all that the mysteries are fun. The mysteries are fun. And your destiny is, you are currently in mystery, in the process of being a miracle. You are a miracle in process. No matter what you feel like right now, you are a miracle in process. And the things that are a mystery in you are going to be glorious and beautiful because you will reveal Christ. You will walk like Christ. You will have his nature and you will enjoy all the benefits of his presence because he's in you and you're one and the same. So, Papa, I just want to say thank you for making it simple that you do say that we come like little children. Little children don't have to know the way. They don't have to know how to get somewhere. They don't have to even know the destiny. They don't know have to know the goal. Little children just follow their parent. Parents said, we're doing this today. They're like, yeah, we're going. Here we're going. Rolly says that to me a lot when I'm like, what do you have going on today? I don't know. We've got a bunch of stuff to do. He's just going. He's just going with them. They, the parents know what they're doing. They have a goal, but Rolly's just like, yeah, we're going, we're doing a bunch of stuff today and you just go. That's how we can be. And so I thank you, Papa, that you made it simple for us. You made it simple for us. We can come like little children and just take your hand and walk with you. And you take all the pressure and the heaviness off of us by just walking with you and letting you show us the way instead of thinking that the way is on us. It's actually freedom to not have to do our own way. Humanity's reasoning and logic is so heavy and weighty and scary. It is fear-inducing. It causes depression. It causes anxiety and panic attacks. It is crippling to think that it's on us to make our own way. So, Papa, I just pray that you would come and encounter all of the people hearing this message today in a brand new way, that you would... You would reveal yourself to them through a dream or a conversation with someone, a little highlight of some sort in a small decision that would give them the opportunity to partner with you in something that seems insignificant. At the level that they're ready to partner with you, I pray that you would give them an encounter, whether it's a dream, whatever it needs to be, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would give them that gift as an open door, as an access point to say, oh, wow, that felt really good to do that your way in this moment. Even if it's just picking up trash in a parking garage, whatever it is, just some entrance point. Holy Spirit, you know the personal entrance point for each person. And so I pray that you would give them an encounter to have a new opportunity to walk with you in a brand new way. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will keep their eyes and their ears open to see that opportunity in the coming days. I trust that you're going to do it just because we asked and because it's your heart for your children to know you and to walk with you. So we thank you, Papa. We thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price to make all of this possible. We thank you that you are the one who leads us and you say we can walk in your footsteps. We don't have to pioneer a brand new way because you're actually going before us. You've actually gone ahead of us. And in that process of just stepping in your own footsteps, we bring honor to your name. We bring honor to your name just by walking in your footsteps. So I thank you. God, you are amazing. 
the Trinity, you are amazing. Our warrior team, Papa Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you are amazing. Just simply amazing. We live in awe and wonder of you. And we thank you for all that comes through the wonder and the awe. So we love you. We love you. We love you. And we praise your name today as we go out and throughout the coming days. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. 